Which club did the Canio play for when he pushed the referee, Paul Alcock? Welcome to another episode of the Bolano Podcast, episode 49. Today you have myself, MK. B and F, but no filter. Alright, let's go into the back into the quiz. Do you have a clue on what team Paulo De Canio was playing for? I'm gonna guess my first guess would be West Ham. Uh-uh. That was he was there later in his career. Do you actually remember that push? I don't think so. Bare pathetic, man. Or even uh, one feeble push and the referee milked it. And he's crawling on the floor. Oh. <laughs> Looking bare wounded, man. It's like, come on, get up and be a man. Okay, are th- is that team still in the Premier League now? No. Are they from London? No. Wow. Okay, um, give me an area. They're from up north. Their neighbours are in the Premier League next season. And the neighbours are in Birmingham? Nope. Okay, so further up north. Leeds? I'm thinking Sheffield, but what's, who are their neighbours? That's why I said Leeds. They are in the city that you just mentioned. What, in Leeds? Oh. Or in Sheffield? I don't know. Sheffield Wednesday. Wow. Yeah, long I, time I would have never... No, because when, when I think Sheffield, I think of a bigger rival. I don't think of, you know, direct neighbour rival. That's why I thought Leeds. Closest, bigger club or big club. Jesus. Yeah, from one push on the referee, today on my journey to work here, that we have Dalton and Londoners, and this really pisses me off about Londoners, right? Why are you always trying to rush and fight to get on the tube? Because someone wants to get on the tube quick enough. What no, no, but right, why do I get here? Because like, today, going on that, uh, coming home from work at Morgate, person tried to force their way on and then ended up in a little scrap. <laughs> and it's like, come on, man, just... Wait two minutes, there'll be another one. Just like, why are you always trying to just rush, get on? It's like, go on, you're going to get your just dues, you'll get, you'll get, there'll be another train two minutes later. Sometimes space. you don't though. Yeah, exactly. You have to wait for another, especially when you Two minutes. Tubes is fine. I would say it's fine, but trains, no. Because if you miss that train, you've got a 20 minute wait. Right, yeah, I can maybe understand the other train, like out the overgrounds, but tube, come on. Just wait, man. Just wait. Mm. Just like, yeah, you can even out. There's enough tubes for everybody, man. Just give it through. But looking, obviously, well, comparing that to football, it was there actually, would you say it's fair in terms of should they have been, as I'm saying, and waited and had, like, having three three finals on one day, major finals, or do you think the US women's team were kind of correcting having a little moan and saying they weren't given enough respect in having to share their big day? Not just them, actually. It's USA and Oklahoma. I think that there's it's, there's a double side to this in the sense that when if you're trying to talk about equality in football and in everything, but in this case in football, World Cup is the biggest thing when it comes to men's football, and everyone's you know tuned in on that day. Nothing else is happening. So obviously, if they're trying to do the same thing for women, technically it should be the same. But the other side to it is the numbers. You're not going to get that many people tuning in, even if it was the only thing on. What do Men, you mean? You're not going to have that many people tuning in? No, I'm they saying broke. the number of people you've got on, because even with the other fans, they weren't played at the same time, were they? Yeah, no, they were all on. They all at different times. Yeah. But still, it's the whole respect of, you want one final to happen on one day, people give them time to talk about that instead of a couple of hours later, 
attention shifted to something else. Mm, fair enough. I, I get it. But at the same time, I'm like, if you don't even fill up your stadiums, you know, st- certain little things like that, I think it all goes down to the numbers. And I don't think the numbers are on that. Even though you can, you should give it that respect, they're saying, okay, if you start doing it that way, numbers will increase or whatnot. I'm, I'm assuming, or they just want their attention. But I think in the years to come, it'll probably become that. But for now, I don't, I get what they mean, but I don't think it's warranted or it's needed. I don't know. I, I do think it was, um, I'm just trying to find a stat, but I, I think off, off the top of my head, I think BBC said 11.8 million people watched the final. And that's uh, the biggest, the biggest drawing of a female thing in that's UK TV numbers. Yeah, so but it's obviously going to keep going up. Around the world, that's a lot. So like, a lot of people, obviously, this World Cup, more so than others, I can't really recall. Can you recall four years ago, the final? Nope. So like this has actually intrigued a lot of stuff. We've, in, well, in our WhatsApp group chat, with guys where we would never really talk about women's football, we've had a few conversations about little Let, let's things just get in this the game. Clear. Let's get this clear. Before even this, there's been World Cups where nothing's going on. Some in a lot of guys' group chats, the women's World Cup is being discussed. Maybe yeah, for the wrong like, reasons, though. Yeah, isn't exactly, it? but it's still discussed. So let's not make it look like we're out there trying to watch. Most, no, no, most people talk, weren't fully talk. watching it. Maybe one or two of us was like, okay, this game, and then you know, start talking about obviously England doing better and Holland doing better. But technically, we weren't out there, you know, analyze a cycle, analyzing everything that was going on in the game. But back to what we're talking about. Um, I think maybe in to put it to perspective where Copa America may be on a Saturday than the women's on the Sunday, it still splits it out. You know what I mean? I think you should separate it. The finals could be at the same time, but the main thing is not on the same day. But I think the main day is usually like a Saturday or a Sunday. And I'll say with that, maybe put yeah, the, the, the main, one the, on the main day. The main, the main day is always a Sunday because yeah, that's the exactly. day that everyone's normally at home. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I just think, especially with um, obviously... FIFA have had the planning of a World Cup. It takes it's planned years in advance. You know about the dates of this stuff. Same with the um, the Concav, the the Gold Cup uh-huh. that was planned years ago. You so you know the dates of this. You know the dates of Copa America. How can they not sit down and just think like, let's do them in different different um, weeks? The Women's World Cup, right? Obviously, we're gonna like USA won it, but. They're playing currently during their their football season, so start if think, they would have started a week later and had the final in different weeks, it wouldn't really made much of a difference. It's back to what Rapino said because she said when the question comes up, it's like they didn't even think about it. So it's a case of where your interests lie. If same thing with different equalities or whatever, when it comes to getting some certain rights and whatever you have to have someone in there. So you have to have someone who's invested in women's football there to say, you know, actually, these days clash with this because we've got this going on. These guys have been there and they've been thinking about the men's game for however long. The people that are in charge of women's football need to be part of these groups or committees that deal with certain dates like this. Yeah, I think, well, I think one major thing for the this World Cup, one thing that is done, well, one thing I definitely I was happy with, it was a final with two women managers. Mm. And I'm just happy because I wouldn't. I voiced my issues before with Phil Phil Neville. I don't I don't believe he should be England manager. So I'm actually happy that yeah, two females got into the fight. Two female managers got there, and obviously one of them won it. With that, yeah, it's true. Um, Phil Neville 
there's two again two sides if you're gonna allow Phil Neville then you have to allow women to manage the men's game which is not gonna happen exactly so then you have to you have to keep it that way if it's gonna be all women it's all women referees all women everything's all women oh, Nike tried it with the advert they put out with um, Alex yeah. Scott as the Barcelona manager which is that's just a dream that I don't think that's ever gonna happen not well not in my lifetime I don't think it's probably gonna happen. not but that's the thing I think if you're gonna have men managing the women's game you should have women in the men's game that simple USA came out victors claiming their fourth medal winner's medal is it a major achievement for them back to back winners or no yes and no one I'll say yes because it's history um, you, you can say you know we've won this back to back however many times or we've we've had this many wins of it the only thing about it is they're the main team because they're the more developed team of all the women's teams That's because of how USA have structured their football system for the women so yeah it's, it's still it's still be something good they set the pace that's that's the thing for me yeah it is an achievement because obviously viewing figures gone up in that sense it's entertaining they're entertaining they've done back-to-back world cups but the only thing is is it's a bit the women's game is a bit uneven mm. with yeah usa with the yeah, usa players in the league being professional for numbers of years when what the the but WSL has only just been what uh, professional for two, three, four years or something like that. Yeah. So for a very short time. So in that sense, when you actually look at it, Brit, uh, England did a good job getting to yeah, they did getting into the semis because. But isn't still that where to, they got to last? Yeah, four years ago yeah, as well. Last World Cup. So, but I think even now, what Real Madrid is just about to start their women's team. Man United just started what our women's team what, last season, I think it was. So, I mean, these are big clubs. So, if they're now getting into it, Europe is still building. I think most of the teams I, where I've had one for maybe two years ago is like Germany, Norway, you know, teams like that. So, that's why they've got, you've got more gifted players in those kind of teams. But, yeah, I mean, over time, it's going to improve. Girls watching this now, younger girls are more invested in football now. So, yeah, I think in time it will improve. But. Well, speaking of that, actually, uh, the WSL, opening day of the new season... Man City versus Man United and Chelsea versus Tottenham that's actually going to be played in the big stadiums instead of the small ones so yeah. Man City really versus that. United will be at Etihad Chelsea versus Tottenham at Stamford Bridge which I think that's a major call that will be quite a few people going and seeing that and especially off the back of this World Cup it's like yeah, the hype will still be there so they want to see it yeah definitely because I think you mentioned when I was reading something about it happening once on Anfield the only thing that they say, obviously, is the thing is, again, the numbers. You won't get full stadiums. But, yeah, I think, yeah, it's fine. Why not? If you've got a day that suits the women's game, obviously, this is another thing. Obviously, you've got a men's game on maybe on Saturday. You have to make sure your security checks, everything's done for maybe a Sunday or if it's on a Wednesday. You know, all these are, all these things have to come to play. So that's all part of it. I think I, met, I saw someone mention, I'm not, I'm not sure if it was the footballer, I saw that mention having a game like in the morning for the women. And then in the afternoon having it for the men. Yeah, that got that was someone mentioned that has been discussed recently, which I don't Because I don't even agree what with she that. said was I'm sure she said, Oh, then you know, some of the people that stayed for the 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 women's game, or maybe she meant vice versa. So maybe after the men's game, some of the people that are still there, the fans are still there, would stay for the women's game. Because I thought she said it the other way around, where it's like after the women's game, obviously the fans would stay and watch the men's play, but I'm like you know, there's, the tickets there's, don't sell like that. You can't sell no, it. no, they can do because like the what's it called? Arsenal's Emirates Cup. Yeah. You know, you're there for two games, so you're there for 
You go there, yeah, you see the first game, see. and then straight afterwards you see the second game. Okay, so you maybe stay. you can get certain, but that's thing in certain sections. None of them. The sections where you've got season ticket, I'm here for the men's season ticket. My seat is always there. You can't change that. It's yeah. always going to be that seat. Yeah. So. So you'll get a certain allocation where you say you know we're coming for both men and football um, women, but it will be a tricky one. But the only, the only thing is, I've got two criticisms of that. Number one is the people that are going to go watch it. They're going to be. Well, a lot of drunkards, obviously, that are just there for spending a whole day out, so they don't fully matter. Not necessarily. What I've realised is women's football, it's not that it's family. family. Yeah, that's exactly. a, but then this is the thing, it's it's families. The yeah. Mm. Like, for the fam- for when it comes down to families, are a family really going to be, like, if a game is at three o'clock, three o'clock Premier League game, then, so that means it finishes, what, five o'clock? Then, so that means five, 5.30, six o'clock is going to be the women's game kicking off because they've got to have a little transition. Then are you gonna what? Are the are the family gonna stay around that long to then watch another watch a game that'll take about two hours and then travel home? The Emirates Cup. No, no, that happened, but that's a preseason. That's a one-off. We all know, like they know what they're kind of getting on that one. But are they really gonna do that in the for the WSL? So that's one thing. And another thing, which kind of leads on to another topic, is money. How do you split the money, like ticket ticket receipts in that in that sense? If people are paying for the like people are paying for Man City men's and then they're able to stay and wait or watch the Man City women's. How do you split ticket money? But that's the thing. If if it's men's before women's, but that's the if if that's what I'm saying, if they structure it whereas women's game after the men's game, it it can be it can be bad because maybe they're just trying to fill seats, if you get what I mean. If 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 it's the women's game before, clearly then most people would have filled out the seats for the men's game anyway. Yeah. So it won't work. But if the men's game is first, they come for the men's game and it's like, oh, screw it. There's a women's game after, let's stay. And they're allowed to because they're season ticket holders. Um, that's what it is. The people that pay for the women's game come in. The statement is just more for the fans are chanting for their team. I kind of get it. Like if you're just filling out your team, like a man to each side or, or the those with season tickets, I want to say, yeah, why not? And then, you know, find a split between it. As I said, well, that kind of leads to the... Do you have a problem? Do you have an issue with this, right? Uh, the women, obviously, USA team won it, so their share of the money they they got um, thirty million pound prize money versus the um, France team that won in two thousand eight, two thousand eighteen. They got four hundred million in prize money. That was for the teams, and in terms of when it splits for the players, like I think the female players don't quote me exactly on this, but I think I read somewhere they only get like thirty thousand or something it's something relatively small compared to what the men individually okay, get so the question the kind of the question is 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 there an actual problem there or do you see there's it's unjust and there's a gender equality pay gap there or it just you know it's just a time and then just deal with it i i think again it's down to the numbers the men's game has that many more viewers that many more people packing our stadiums the women's game doesn't I mean, and and come on, some of the women's game, a lot of people still say it still looks very Sunday league. So with that, and especially when it comes to clubs, they're not, not going to play like the, the national team. The national team is meant to be more polished. The club's going to have more, you know, bit part players here and there. So it's all due to what, you know, they're bringing. And the women's game, if I don't know how the finances are calculated, but I'm assuming it's by what you're bringing in, the revenues and whatnot, and then they put that all together. So, yeah. 
Yeah, to honest, I, yeah, kind of, I do, I do agree with. I when they start bringing of, in those numbers, then yeah, I agree, when you get exactly. a player like Rapino or Marta in her time, or I don't know if she's retired yet, those players will maybe command more wages than other players. That'll be just normal. Then the rest of them get what well, if thirty k, thirty k. Yeah, pretty much. I agree with everything you kind of saying there. It's like the well, the bigger the game, like this World Cup, definitely has not harmed the image of women's football. It's bettered it. Mm-hmm. So the more that keeps going, the more sponsorships they get, the more prize money. The bigger the four what, four weeks ago, could I have named any of the women's team? Like any player? No. All right. Well, but let me just bring around now, the question. Then. Name four American players. You will say women. Not Morgan chick. Alex Morgan, called her yeah. chick, okay. <laughs> um, Rapino. Okay. I remember the goalkeeper, but I can't remember her name right now. But that's it, you've only got two. <laughs> okay, you know what, let's go to England. Name four English players. Uh, only them ones that had the nudes in it. <laughs> okay, name them. I don't know, I Okay, you see, that's what I mean. You still remember the game, but it's not... I remember the, yeah... But you, okay, put it uh, this way. When Nikita you Powell, oh, no, uh, no, no. When, when you speak to women back in the day about football, name four players, it was exactly the same. Until, you know, there's a full investment. It's like, yeah, there's Thierry Henry, there's Pires, there's, you know, guys they may like or fancy or whatever. Same way with us. Oh, yeah, there's that woman with the noodle. That's Alex Morgan. Like, you know, whatever it is, it's that sort of investment. No, no, but they, they it hasn't come to like that There's um, the Graham chick from, um, Graham woman, sorry. From, um, from Norway. Because when I was watching, I saw her and the way she played, I was like, you know, she's actually, he can ball. They're just certain other ones as well, like the Swedish one. I think they're number 10. I can't, her, name, French, her name has gone past me the now. The French but, number 10 as well. But so the ones that were clearly ballers, I was like, you know, they were the ones, every time I then watched their country, I was making sure I watched out, I looked out for them because they were entertaining. But as, as you were mentioning before, with the whole, yeah, sponsorship needs to go up, but then they need to tighten up certain things that, Compared to the men's game, like you don't get a. I know, like, well, there was in the past Germany battering Saudi Arabia, was it 8 0 or something like that? Mm-hmm. But the way USA, was it, they battered, was it South Korea or one of them, like, was it 14 or some dumb score like that? Yeah. Some, yeah, some high, very high score. And then the amount of mistakes that happen, those type of things. Once they, once, obviously, once the quality gets better, a lot more countries get more professional. Hopefully they'll 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 iron themselves. Out it will definitely be a different women's World Cup in the next twenty years. Yeah. But the last thing on on the the female World Cup comparison to men celebrations. Do people look into women's celebrations more than men's? How do you mean? What the tea thing? Yeah. Did you? The tea thing was just it wasn't even anyone looking too deep. It was just English bitterness, like. She scored against England. It's like, oh, look, you're pointing out your pinky. That's an English thing. So, it, you know when you, you've lost the game and you try and find fault somewhere? Come on. Who did it? Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones. She said she got it from her. And Sophie saw all these tweets and she came on thing. I think she's just got married or something. Yeah. She was like, honey, I don't know where she was. But she came on and probably a bit pissed. But she was like, yeah, what, what, what's, what's people's problem? She's upset that people are actually making it a thing. The girl said she saw me drinking tea. She liked it. She played against England. So she did that as a celebration. What's the problem? We, and she said herself, we lost against, two, uh, against a better team. The best team in the women's game. So what's the problem? It's just people being better and she just logged off. <laughs> but yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Typical just England cry, crying mentality. Talking about crying mentality to a team that are full out crying 
Do you remember what happened five years ago today as we're recording on the 8th of July? Do you remember what happened five years ago today? Give me, give me a clue. Some team got absolutely banged oh, yeah, in the yeah, home, yeah. Back, home backyard. Brazil. Yeah, so yeah. from five years ago to then to five, fast forward five years, Brazil have ended their 12 year drought winning the Copa America. But my main thing that I've kind of taken from that, and this is, I think, a pattern that is coming more, emerging more, they did it without Neymar. And I think he's a problem. And I think people are starting to realise that, I think, without him, you have a better team. Or, the, or there's something else. There's a dark horse in this. Was Alisson playing against Germany? I don't believe Alisson so. has got three golden gloves. Champions League, Premier League, and now this. So I think maybe it's Alisson. Hey, because I never really rated so him. So you can put down a whole No, I can't. Shift. No, I'm just saying... Nah. <laughs> I'm just saying... It's a, it's a, back to my... I'm going to maybe keep this as a theme. So I've had two sides to it. Where you've got an improved team and then you've got one guy that's always making things about himself not there. So then the team in, in itself has probably nah. improved. Was um, David Luiz playing? No. You haven't got players like that playing. You haven't got crybabies and guys that are rolling around 28 times in there and you know you've got a good and solid like, Alisson like, the, the main reason why I brought that one up is because remember when um, when Barcelona um, Barcelona <laughs> that's where he's going to go back to when PSG came to like they went to Old Trafford for the first leg and they absolutely walked all over United and the talk was they played more as a team they were better with because Neymar wasn't playing mm. and so looking at that and seeing obviously Brazil coming through now and winning without him playing more as a team I don't know. There's something there coming because when he wants, when he's playing, he holds like he's running with the ball. He holds onto it too long. This this is a problem because it's like any other team that relies on a player. Maybe even Argentina might play better without Messi, but they always play with him. There's nothing wrong with Messi. We've seen him do his thing, but that's the thing. When you rely on one player so much, it can either work for you or wouldn't. If Ronaldo, um, Cristiano Ronaldo was mucking around in Portugal, Portugal would still be basic, but it works for them. With Neymar. It seems he can work for the team, but sometimes it comes too much about him and then it messes up the whole team dynamic. Did it work for Real Madrid without, without Ronaldo? Yeah, but Real Madrid is <laughs> it's a, it's like a slowly dying horse. To, I mean, they're revamping. So you, don't, so you don't think you'd put more on Neymar not playing and um, David Luiz, say not playing, and Alisson playing? You just think it's kind of more of that dynamic of... Well, obviously, I think Neymar not playing is a big thing because now everyone is, you know, everyone feels they're on the same level, they're all working. But whereas, whereas Neymar is involved, he might think he's a superstar in the team. So then, you know, I don't know how the players react with each other. They may just see him as Neymar, whereas the way we see it, we see it as Neymar thinks he's Neymar before the rest of the team. Same way we say with Barcelona, there's Messi before the rest of the team. So it's just a case of you've got William, you've got... Um, Gabriel Jesus, you've got, you know, Everton, that player Everton. You've got these players that are just there to do a job and they're doing it. Whereas Neymar, he thinks he has to do everything or he has to be at the end of the, every ball or, you know, the headlines have to come about him. So maybe the whole dynamic changes. But I think it's a big chunk of that, but mainly just the players that they've got now and how more level-headed and down-to-earth they are. They play more like a unit. Yeah, look at David Lewis. Usually you wouldn't get into any teams. I mean, he was a captain at that point. But, well, someone that does get into the team and has been getting into the team for a very long time, Danny Alves. 
he's now after winning the Cup of America, he reached forty trophies in his career, nine hundred and nine games, two hundred sixteen assists, sixty five goals. Would you say he's the best right back of all time? Well, if you're looking at trophies, you can say yes. But if you're saying right back, someone might look at assists and look at tackles. The best right back for me that just come into my head that I can that I'm gonna obviously easy comparison candidate to make just because the same nationality is Cafu. Mm-hmm. Look at him and how many Champions Leagues has Danny Alves won? Because I bet you Cafu hasn't won as many. Yeah, Cafu has. You see, that's the thing. When you're looking at trophies, it looks like Danny Alves actually in the end you got the trophies you needed, so you've done your job. But if you talk about right back, are you looking more the attacking? Because when you talk about attacking, you'd be up there. When you talk about defending, maybe Cafu is more up there than he is. I'll say, I'm saying maybe he's more, he will be. Cafu was just in a, especially when he was at AC Milan, he was in a very much tight-knit team. So he could go forward and always protected and stuff like that. So even though Cafu was still amazing, but yeah, I think, yeah, Danny Alves definitely has the case of being... In our time, yes. Yeah, best right back. And I think he deserves, he is a bit of a prick the way he acts, but... Yeah, I can't really fault him. He's he's does he does. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Let's unpack that slowly. Like, so what 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 makes you say he's a his prick? attitude, isn't it? Just sometimes he the way when someone literally comes a little touch on him and he dives and he's always nagging at the referee. Just the little constant whining on the pitch. But I guess sometimes to be it's, great, who you got to play do with. That. He plays in Barcelona. Busquets, all these guys know to milk it as much as they can. So that's just part of what he's grown around. I don't think. He started playing football doing that. It's just the team he's been with the most was Barcelona, right? So, yeah. yeah. Now, speaking of his Barcelona counterpart, in terms of whinging and crying, Messi, with his conspiracies about referees against him. <laughs> conspiracies? <laughs> no, no, that's, he's saying, he's coming out of him saying, like, yeah, throwing out things left, right and centre. Do you believe him? Or do you just think he's a crybaby? I think basically, I, I, don't, I don't think he's a crybaby. Messi is a, I, I like the way he plays. I like the way he carries himself. I think in this situation, it's just another thing. You've come, come off retirement, come back in there, and your team ain't going nowhere. And then you get sent off wrongfully. But that's the thing. You know, there's was two, it wrongfully? Two, okay, there's two parts. Because they say you shouldn't, you shouldn't... I don't know, he didn't look like he was going towards him at all. No, was it... What's his name again? Medell. Medell. For me, Medell. like, he didn't just get sent off for the... For the budge, for the pushing at the end, because he didn't, yeah, he didn't do anything. He pushed the in guy. About, he was wanting, he was basically like, yeah, he wanted to see that Medel was doing that, so yeah, he could get sent off. But before that, he was all kicking over, kicking Medel's legs and everything. He, he was, he provoked him to get a reaction, and so I think the referee taught that as part of it. The little pushing the back, that's and then yeah. But was VAR useful all of this? It wasn't. Or was it something that he just picked up off the whole game? Said, okay, you were kicking him before. I didn't do shit about it. And now he's reacted, so you get a red for it. That's not how it works. If you saw something, you thought, provoke him, give him a yellow. This is why I, I think I get rules spot on, like game decisions spot on now. Because now you've seen him kicking at him. You shouldn't be doing that. That's a yellow right there. Now you've done this, which you haven't done anything. You may get another yellow because you're still stood there saying, come at me, bro. You should move away from the situation, which is what I'm hoping they tell players. When this is happening, move away. No one has to come in. Shepherd you away. Just get the F out of there. If not, you're going to get a card. Medell, head, well, you didn't headbutt him. Yeah, but just, more or less... It was just chest, they're chest bumping, isn't it? He tried to headbutt him. But <laughs> either way, that's, that's close between yellow and red. But with Messi, he should have got... Um, he should have got a yellow, not a red. So you think it definitely is a conspiracy? Well, you think everyone, conspiracy. people are up to get him? Who, who was it? Was it Thiago Silva? 
that's the idea was the referee when PSG played Barcelona when they yeah, yeah that's the easy and he's come out and talked as well he said uh, Thiago Silva was saying yeah I think he did not to not say it out of spite but we are sad because in the game we lost 6-1 to Barcelona he played the referee well there you go so it's just one of them things I, I think the referee had a wrong decision but it's not a case of referees going you know against him that's a lot of poppycock I think you know what looking at that especially seeing how he is at Barcelona he is uh, as great as he is and the same goes for Ronaldo as well those two guys are protected they like they get a lot of decisions their way as soon as a little kick happens they get it they get a foul they get everything so when things don't go their way and the referee that is willing to treat them like everyone else they, win, they don't yeah they, they win so part of me doesn't feel sorry for him and part of me sees that this pressure has come on because Ronaldo's been winning things with his country. So, like, obviously he wants to be toe-to-toe with Ronaldo and everything. I think this is it's a bit of pressure coming on. Everyone, obviously, every time he plays for Argentina, the same comparison comes on. He always, everyone says he's um, he's, uh, he's not as good as Mar- Maradona. That's the same argument every single time. And it looks like by the end of his career... He's not going to be as good as Argent- uh, Maradona for Argentina. Oh, he won't be. There's not much you can do. He's sad, but there's not much you can do. There's some great players that just don't make the cut. Argentina have the one of the... I think they've got the best attack attacking lineup in South America. I don't know. I, I maybe even say the world. Because, the, I mean, Aguero, Messi, um, Di Maria, Dybala. I mean, they've got... Icardi, is he Argentine as well? I think so, yeah. They've got so... The, the, the attack is mad. It's crazy. And that's and they, it. They they've always, they've always had else. a great attack. It's just their defence is always... Yeah, but sometimes if you have decent defenders, just attack, get your goals, and then just shuffle the play around and just keep the game. You had great mid, um, central midfielders or defensive mid, Maturano and that. You know what I mean? They had good players. And I mean, they say, say they had. They've always had. But yeah, his time has come. It's gone. Well, he took it away. He came back and it's gone again. He'll have probably one more attempt at a major tournament in four years' time. World How old Cup. is he now? 30? About that 30, yeah. So he'll have the World Cup. He's still kind of be at his prime. And hopefully then they'll use their, they'll use their brains and maybe put him on the bench. Play a well, you know, oiled unit. And then when you need him, bring him on. Because he's not always a necessity. It's not a necessity that he has to start. I mean, you've got Dybala, who's a hungry young dude. Sitting on the bench, and then you have who was Iguain playing as well? Some Not game. in this game, but that's what I mean. Some games, I'm sure I'm seeing his name in there. But come on, sometimes you need to put in some, put in a, a, a change somewhere. Yeah, if you were offered as much money in the world, well, as much money, eighty-eight million pound a year, and you were told to write how many years you want to play, uh, you want to be there, would you turn it down? Eighty-eight million pound, yeah. A club in a different country for as long as you want, as short as you want, even would you would you turn it down? If I needed the money, you don't need the money because you're already rich. But then no, if I don't want to be there, right? Would you turn it down to Chinese? Would you turn down the managerial position in the Chinese club? I know where you're going. Eighty-eight million. I know where you're going with this, Jose. Um, yeah, I I think he's. I'll say he's done the right thing because. Technically, when you go to the Chinese Super League, it's not bad, but what do you get from it? The players I can get, you get some good money, secured your family and whatnot. Jose, what, what does he need to go just because he got 88 million? He can get that same money in Europe. That's how he sees himself. 
I can go to Italy, I can go to Germany, I can go to... I can even come back to England. But the only thing is, by, yeah. I think he's pretty much... He's killed his career in Europe. I don't see many places. Where, where's he going to go? Yeah, he'll go somewhere. Where? Like, just like, like Inter. He was successful for Inter. Why would they not take him when Juventus is still... Because they've just taken a new manager. And now he has not to... Not now, but I'm... So that's he doesn't need the job now. Is he going to sit around for two years? He can. He's rich. He's not going to sit around for two years because his name starts disappearing out there. But guess what? There'll be people getting set right, left and centre. Chelsea might call back at him when Lampard is getting kicked. You might not. I doubt that. Come on, like... I'm just saying there's 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 teams that will need him. Even Arsenal might end up saying, you know, Jose, come and show us up a bit. You never know. <laughs> Arsenal will never do that. But that's what I'm saying. You never know. There's that many teams that are getting people sacked. You might end up going to Porto again. Because maybe they get some influx of money coming somewhere. You never know. You actually never know. Newcastle may need him if they brought in this new shake to... But that's not going to happen. That's, that's not going to happen. But this, so, is what, this is what I'm saying. You I, just, I think he's, he's bent his bridges with, with England. I don't think he's coming to another English team again. He's remembered, like He cannot go to Barcelona anymore. Like, at all. So Real Madrid's only one. Zidane's going to be there for a long time. Why can't he go to Atletico? I doubt he's going to go there. This is my point. Why would he And go? And again, he's managed Real Madrid. I doubt they're going to take him because of that, that connection. So he's they not, don't they're not, shit. Yeah, they, they do. Some clubs so that's, don't so that's not shit. going to happen. When you go to to um, Italy, Juventus ain't going to take him because they well they had the, they had the opportunity, but they took Sarri instead. So I doubt they're going to... He's going to probably be there for two, three seasons before they let him go. So I doubt that's going to happen. But like I'm saying... PSG is an odd... T- like, two cal- if, depending on what he does this season, maybe that one. Ger- in Germany, Bayern Munich already said over there, their body that they'll take him. They'll never take him. So I, Basically, d- I, just I think, think for Jose, he just has to go to a club where they've got money to spend. That's how he works anyway. So yeah, PSG is definitely one of... I'd probably say the closest because they already wanted him before. So obviously, if nothing happens with them again... It might be someone look about thing, anything can happen. But I did, yeah, I, did, I kind of do agree with him. Though. Everyone's not, saying not... it's crazy because it's a lot of money, but I'm like, technically, when I look at it, I'm like, a player can go there and probably still come back if he's that good. Not many, though. Many, not many, because, not, not many put players. Put it this way, I go to China for one year. This is just a, a little plan I put together. I go to China for one year, want to come back to England, go to like a Watford, bat it up. In six months, a team will want me. You know, if you've got a good enough agent, take it to the team, maybe you won't get as much as you want, but you've got some money. A manager, though, like Benita just gone there, so you think exactly. that's right. Like, so you think Benitez it's just has it. done Real Madrid. He's done it, Liverpool. He's done a lot of things. So. Yeah, you think it's just his graveyard? He's he's winding down his career now. He can come back, but I mean, come on, look at where Arsenal went. Arsenal went. He's so, in Japan, isn't it? You know Arsenal. what I mean? So I'm like, when you go to these areas, it's like you probably you could come back, but you come back to a low team. Whereas if you you go in at, at, at Jose's position now, he can still technically get a top five team in any league, and he doesn't need the money. Uh, you know, just a quick one because you just mentioned it there. Uh, do you have any issue with players that go, that do go to China that chase money and deliberately go to China for nope. more money? Get your P up. It's a job. Get your P's up, and when you're done, you're done. All you have to know is I. You can say I enjoy playing with Messi. I enjoy playing with whoever. If you're, you know, playing in the Sunderland, you played with certain players uh, like when um, a Samuel Jano. But in the end, what do you get from it? Are you happy to see your yourself paid enough to look after your family? Is that what gets you going? Or is it, if you've got aspirations to be like the next Ronaldo, the next Messi, then you stay in the loop. People that I saw go there, Hulk and Oscar, I was like, what? You're still sort of getting to your prime. You technically should be staying and playing a game. 
I just Maybe think, they didn't see for, themselves going there. For, for me, I just think there's two types of people out there. There's the Messi and Ronaldo's that clearly want to be the best and they strive to be. So they will, they will not, while they're in the top of the game, they're not going to go because they want to stay in the most competitive leagues and dominate. But then you've got the others that, guys that have come from Africa, guys that have come from like Asia or South America and stuff like that. Do they really, like, what, what's the main reason they've got into football? To provide. So they're providing for their family and they've got me given a chance that you're going to, what, f- football is like a 15-year career at max. Well, 20, 20 it could be 20, but most, most players football, are about Football, no. Technically, but, football is a 10-year career. Yeah, 10 years. 21 by 31. Most average, most average players are done. So then, so yeah, in that short space of time, maximize wealth, especially yeah. with like a lot of these, like, especially with some of these African ones. Said, but people forget all these messes and whatnot. Yeah, they do get paid more, even less they mess. But at the start, it's always about the pig. They're just talented. But most of these guys, I mean, let's use Rich Carlison. He's come, he played for, was it Watford, then went to Everton. He's still getting paid and, you know, probably helping out his family. Same way Rashford has done this now, his mum is cool. I don't know if he's got brothers and that. They're all good. You know, that kind of stuff. So it's the same situations. Uh, what are your verdict on? I'm going to read out a couple of transfers and you tell me. Uh, there's a good deal for good deal in general or good team for what a good deal for one team or for both or whatever. So Arnautovic going to China. Good for both. Got your money, he's not disgruntled, play on. That guy's a prick and it's a good thing West Ham have got rid. He's just he's annoying, would have disrupted the like guy with so much talent, but he's just a prick. So it's like, you know, it's a good they should have just got rid of him earlier. Like why did they were never gonna get relegated? So why didn't they just get rid of him in January when he's kicking off? Because he was one of the main players. He wasn't... They were... Like, the guy sulked and he, he what? Did he even score after the whole thing? It was like one or two. And he disgruntled, probably saying that to all the other players. Gone. you should have just got rid straight away. Rodri to Man City. Good. Let's just add into the midfield. I've seen... I haven't really watched Rodri play. I've seen a bit of his highlights. He looks like a good player. He looks... He's the replacement for the long term. For Fernandinho, but they're going to offer Fernandinho another uh, contract. Yeah. Another short term, so I think that's a, yeah, another great deal there. Buffon going back to Juventus. Good for him, yeah. It's his team. He's, yeah, I mean, he's he's, just... He's had some chance to play somewhere else, and that was it. It's probably like Ronaldo, where it's like, we want a different keeper. You're free, do you want to come? You came, experienced it, we didn't win. I'm going back to my home. Nah, you know what he's, he's doing? He's an old... He's desperately chasing that Champions League medal. And he's probably seeing that Juventus have got the better opportunity. Yeah, than I mean, Juventus. Ronaldo going, it's like, yeah, okay, we might have a better chance now. So, why not go to Juventus? And Juventus are talking about maybe even bringing back Pogba, maybe getting delict. They look like, you know, they can only get better in the Champions League. And Dombele to Spurs. It's good. They need another central midfielder. Yeah, I think Spurs have got a good deal there. They're finally spending money. Like, 62, yeah. You hear that... Um, Daniel Levy had the phone call from his bank asking about suspicious transactions. <laughs> so, I saw that tweet. But yeah, nah, he's um, yeah, no, nah, I think that's a good deal. Someone to boost up their midfield. I think the only thing they need to do now is go out and buy a, another striker, someone to back up Harry Kane. Because if they don't have that, then they don't think they're really gonna better. Last season, they're gonna well, they might better it to third, but I don't think they're gonna. They ain't get no Champions League final. They need someone else. Uh. Perez to Leicester. Perez from Newcastle going to Bad Leicester. Bad for Newcastle, good for Leicester. Leicester, 
bolstered up the team. Obviously, they just got Telemans as yeah, well. That's Telemans. Another good deal. Yep. Quite cheap, 40 mil in this market. So that helps for them. They've got Vardy, they've got Perez. I mean, can't be bad for them. Newcastle, on the other hand, obviously, I don't think they've bought anyone yet. They haven't bought anyone and they lost the manager. Yeah, so it's not looking good for them. Now, you know what? Taking this conversation completely left field. Obviously, it's summer season. Brits go abroad, get a bit of alcohol, get drunk. Shit happens. Sounds like some sex and suspicious parents. Yeah, pretty much. Like, like that madness, isn't it? Right. Do you have an issue with footballers when if they go somewhere on their off-season when they're allowed to put their... Well, they should be allowed to put their down. Uh, do you have an issue with them drinking and getting drunk? No. I mean, people get drunk all the time. It's just how you do it, where you do it. If you're in public areas, you just have to be smart. So, like, um, obviously in the last week, I'm not sure if you saw the video that came up of Deli Ali. No. He got absolutely... He's on holiday, I think somewhere out in Spain or south of France or somewhere like that. Got absolutely smashed that he needed two random guys to help him walk because he was that gone. I don't know if they're random or his friends, but he was absolutely just out I'll of it. I would assume they're his friends. Because usually when these guys go on holiday, they've got about three or four of their friends. But then, yeah, the thing is, it's like, do you have an issue? I, I don't have an issue with it because they're the number one. Right, these guys for, what, 10 months of the season, they're in tip-top condition. They don't drink, they don't do anything, they just chill. So, they, yeah, they do that. And then number two, these guys are young, man. For, what, what how old is Deli Ali? 21? What, like that? Yeah. Yeah, about twenty. I think about he's older than that. About twenty-one ish. Do you really like when you, when we were twenty-one? Yeah, I was out getting smashed every time. <laughs> I know I didn't have the yeah, job. But... I didn't have the job he had, but I was getting smashed every single week. So him just getting smashed on holiday. Come on, man. It's not an issue at all. Just let 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 them all have fun, man. Let them think that way. If they're able to do that, especially on the off time, they need, they will enjoy football a bit more when they're. He, uh, he's actually stand corrected he's 23 but he's still that's still young yeah so just allow them to get pissed get drunk have fun but what, what was the media's take on it saying oh, like disgraceful this and that like saying it's not right not the right model to be okay then this is my my next well I never asked the question the first time but this is my question then who posted it obviously the silly tabloid uh, newspaper no not that I mean who posted it's a video uh, yeah? yeah it's a video so I think it's someone that was staying in the same apartment but complex as him he was out in the, like, near the beach uh, not near the beach near the pool that's in front of fans I don't know I, I'm not going to be responsible when I'm on holiday if I'm on holiday I'm on holiday if I'm drink, even here when I'm drinking I drink like I'm out I'm chilling so same with him I mean people need to see that as what it is your, your thing whether you're football the thing is depending on what you're doing because the same thing similar to Lingard. Lingard bought that video. He wasn't even pissed. He was just being childish, which he always has been. It's always been his thing, but he's, what, 26? Yeah, my issue with him is fucking grow up, man. <laughs> yeah, but I think people grow up differently. You know, like with no, Lingard... Beans, people... beans, beans. Fuck off. Well, that's the thing. You got Rio Ferdinand who said he was the joke in the team, but he wasn't as immature and he did it on certain times, not all the times. Lingard has always been the same. So he's still doing the same stuff. That's the problem because now he's a senior player. But the papers, I mean, the papers didn't say, I'm not sure what they said about him, but same thing. People see that and say, you're a professional Man United player. You need to conduct yourself properly. You know, start, even if you're mucking around, make your private thing, your WhatsApp group, not be somebody you broadcast to the world. So this, Deleali's one, he wasn't broadcasting it. He's chilling and someone said it, I'm going to record it. Fuck it. Nothing he can do. So yeah, I agree with no, you. But all, He's young. Should, all, should, all should some of the blame go, go to him and, 
No. He, if he wants to do that, then well, he asked the question, but we both answered it. No, no, no but it no, but shouldn't some of it be like you know you're meet your yeah you are you a ta- you're a target to people. Then you go to um, Prince Harry at the time when the Nazi stuff or whatever he's done in his past. Same thing. It depends on where you are, what you're doing. Whoever's around you, you need to be wary. If not, just be prepared to be getting these kind of this kind of backlash with people and their many opinions. Then that's that. I always remember that um, story that came out time ago. I know um, Cristiano Ronaldo a few times he sued he sued Daily Mail and actually won against them about that they printed the paper they printed a story about him drinking in Vegas because he bought the bar out, but he actually never took anything. He bought he bought the bar out for everyone else. So you see them for that, but the main the reason I brought Ronaldo up is like obviously allegedly this is, we don't like we don't know if this is true, but he would never he would never seen out clubbing in Manchester. He never did the Manchester clubbing scene, but like pretty much I don't know if it's a rumor or it could possibly be true. But a lot of people said he had a nightclub in his own house, so instead of going out. He brought everyone to him, but and he can regulate what, that. What exactly? But what? What? As it stands, you don't need that many people in your in your thing. You've got your maybe 10, 15 guys from Portugal or wherever. Yeah, Portugal from where you came. Then you've got girls like people know that come in. You've got your football friends coming in. That's a party. Yeah, but that's the thing. So but, yeah, he was, it, but he was smart doing it inside his own yeah, house yeah, where yeah, he yeah. can control it. He can take away everyone's phone at the door. And just say, you get it when you leave. The thing is, when you're younger, you think about, I want to be around people in the local area. For someone like Ronaldo, you're in a new country, you don't feel you need to do that. Each to his own. Who was it that got into a fight after going to like a, a bar or something? I think it's in Everton. Yeah, goalkeeper. <laughs> Bigfoot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Sometimes yeah. you shouldn't even bother going, oh, my local. It's not your local no more. You're famous. Go be someone with some opinion that's not going to clash with whatever you do and that's it. Your night is ruined. So, yeah, don't even bother, man. You have to be smart. That's it, Delhi. Be smart. Anyway, moving on to AFCON. The quarterfinals have been wrapped up. You just quickly get your thoughts on Ben, obviously, your Ghanaian. you just seen your team get knocked out on penalties. What are your thoughts? What do you mean, what are my thoughts? I'm devastated. I'm not, you know, to be fair, I'm not devastated. I looked at the squad. I think one of my, my boys sent me a message saying, Ghana, you've been watching it, you know, we're third favourites. I'm like, why are we third favourites when there's Egypt, there's Senegal, there's Ivory Coast, there's Nigeria, Algeria, all these teams I can name that I think at this present moment have a better team than Ghana. So, yeah, I didn't think we'll get that far. We, I think we came far enough. In this game, we should have won. We've got Jordan and you as like our main striker. That's a problem in its own. Because Jordan and you is good, as you can see from that penalty, but in certain situations, he just lacks that finish and I don't know he just doesn't have that confidence and he hasn't got he hasn't got the skill man that's all you can say he's not good enough but that's what it is yeah you know who surprised me the most in this whole uh, tournament the madman isn't it Madagascar <laughs> they're just they're not just a country made famous from a cartoon <laughs> yeah, like they, they, they play some good football but this is this is the first tournament and they're coming in there like they're pros like actually coming in, dominating, playing, pressing from the front. They just, they've impressed me. And to get to the quarterfinals, that's that's a mean feat. That it Even is. they've it got is. further than a team that has dominated the African nations over the years. Egypt, who have, well, 
at least Salah gets to go and have a rest. Hopefully help Liverpool out. Yeah, so yeah, Liverpool maybe haven't thrown away the Premier League like we suggested before. But um, yeah, yeah, Madagascar, to be, if I'm totally honest, I've seen their goals, I haven't watched their game, so I can't say much to their game. But another team similar to that would be, well, all that they've been in about is South Africa, being Egypt. If you, I watched that game, like, they played a total controlling game. Like, the number of shots Egypt took, you would expect them to have got a goal, but South Africa were just calm. If you look at their goal as well, like, simple passing, like, triangular passes, like, almost like Arsenal-esque, but, you know, I'll say Arsenal because it's not Barcelona, it's not that level, but it's close enough. It's good passing play, you know, yeah, so that's another shocker for me. But, yeah, Madagascar, I mean, I mean, they play Congo. Congo isn't the best team, but for the first tournament, you have to take their hats off to them. But who do you think will win it? Because, I mean, we've still got Mane still doing his thing. Morris is still doing his thing. Well, it looks like Kajri is still Zaha's doing his thing as Zaha, well. Zaha, definitely. I think, I don't know if those two goals he scored are the only ones he scored for his, like, in, like, a serious competition for Ivory Coast. I'm not sure if he scored in any other friendly. So, yeah, he, he's contributing very well. And I, I like how he's blended well with the team. I don't know if it's, I, I don't know if Ivory Coast has always been something in his, like, I know he's, his parents are from Ivory Coast, but did he go to Ivory Coast when he was young? Does he have a culture? Is there, like, a culture difference? He, he must do, because he, like, obviously, he had to, he, he did play, well, a few friendlies for England. He had the opportunity of that. He grew up through the England under-21s and that. Yeah. So he had the opportunity to stay with England. And, obviously, how he's playing now and the belief he had in himself, he probably knew he could get into the England team. But he decided to switch across. So, but this is... I think, yeah, he must have some... There must be just more than his parents being Ivory Coast. There's a strong affiliation there, which is why he decided to play, I think. I don't, I don't think he hasn't got a strong affiliation. Not, that's not what I meant. I meant in terms... Like, one of my mates, he's from Zimbabwe. He started playing for, I think he was Charlton at the time. Zimbabwe called him up. But when he went there, there was such a difference between their players and him. It didn't gel well. I'm sure he understood the language at that time. But I guess it didn't gel well. Whereas with Zaha, he's gone there. I don't know, maybe because they've got more foreign players or players that play abroad. You, you know, so I'm Sir George Ories and Tottenham, you know, Bailly, if he was fit, would be playing. And he's obviously at Man United. And you know what I mean? So you've got that French group of French players in France and players in England. Maybe that's what makes it work. But you don't see that often. And maybe he's, in this case, the Stormzy for African players where he's setting pace to show maybe some of these players like Juan Pesaka where's he from Congo or something obviously he's chosen England but he could literally be one of the players that's going to play for your home country your parents home country so to speak know what I mean so there's a lot of African um, players or even Caribbean that and he's going to really start playing for the parent home countries unless they don't want to but yeah that'd be good but then it comes to a thing where you do look at certain trophies and you think You've got more of a chance with what more of a winning. You know, more of a chance with what England to win what the World Cup. You don't win enough from England. How do you know? Ghana went further than England when when we were at uni. That was like and 20... England went to the semis in the last World Cup. No, come a, on, come on. They have up and coming young players coming up that on paper have won. Who in that They've... team? Who in that team should could be playing for someone else besides Sterling, Jamaica? In the England team. I'm talking mixed race kids. I'm saying that both parents are like from Jamaica or from Caribbean or from the African countries. Not that many. There's a, there's a Deli Ali. There's all, they're all mixed race. 
you know, most are mixed race, you know, um, Dele Alli, Linga, they've all got some mix in them. So that's fair enough. But if you're like a Welbeck at that time, could have played for Ghana, like Zaha, played for his country. Them kind of players, you don't have no, no, to but, go straight no, 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 because... Tuan Zebi, Tuan Zebi, okay, I'm using him because he's come back into the United team. I'm not sure where he's from. I'm going to say Burkina Faso. I'm just guessing, but I think that's where I saw he's from. Something like that. You no, no, can no, get no, to the no, England team, but why? No, it's a question, obviously. It's a, mm-hmm. just a theoretical one, mm-hmm. and you can only guess on this, but you had a son... And he's playing for a Premier League team, and he get, he's getting he's getting no no no, but he's getting called up to a national team. Are you telling him Ghana only, or are you saying no? No, it's up to him. It's, England, son, it's up to him. But if I had my choice, I'll say Ghana because of my affiliations with Ghana, like my grandmother and that. So I would say Ghana, but it's his choice. For me, I would be like, you know, look at it as where can you where do you see like if you think you can get in and stay in either of the teams. Like if they're both they're both good and you can get into them and stay in there, just which one do you think you can actually win? Okay, win we, the most trophies. In? Okay, then look look at this other question in the sense of um, Balotelli. I'm saying this as like it's like a woman's football thing. Balotelli, Welbeck, my son, you know all these players that could potentially just be playing for one of these nations. That builds that team, so it makes it more competitive when they go to the World Cup. Whereas where if you maybe get one drop of like Zaha comes in. But as a sign, most of these African players they they play abroad anyway, so they've got that quality and they, they play alright. One player coming to maybe Congo may not help, but when you've got more players abroad and they all come back, your team has a better chance. Look, look see, at the Ghana team that got far in the World Cup. It's because of the caliber of players that were playing. You say that, but I can give two two examples where one for the same country, one where it worked and one where it didn't. Cool. Gareth Bale with Wills, he managed to make them better when the players around him. But then you also had Ryan Giggs for Wills, who he was the only one that was good than the rest of the rugby around him. And he didn't get to no tournaments, didn't, couldn't lift them up or anything. So it all depends. It's like you're suffering the dice. You could be good enough and you're lucky a good crop of players come around you that you can all rise up together or you could just be, go, you could go and there then, and then you realise them pitches are tough and you're hurting yourself all but, the time. But hold on, but say, come on, look at George Best. At that time, I'm looking at these countries like women's football again. It's in its baby form. Man gets going to think, Wales is there and they've got, probably got good players here and there. But at that time, or even now, look at now. You've got Bale. They're bringing up Daniel James has come to United now. There are more players. That guy that plays for Swansea, I think he's a right back or whatever, or left back. I'm sure he's Welsh. They've, um, does he play for Tottenham? Yeah. So basically, t- um, players like this, they clearly are coming up. The more people start playing for their teams... The better with the Welsh, you can't go nowhere. You're Welsh, so you play for Wales. No, but no, you but could in, 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 stages, in but the no, in the what's it called? In the example of Ryan Giggs, mm-hmm. he could have played for England. His yeah, mum's English, so he could have played for England if he wanted to. But he decided to go the Welsh route, and I re- like I don't know. This is just me guessing, but looking at how obviously he's so proud of the trophies and the achievements he had with Man United. I think if he could redo it again, I think he'd pick England. Probably. Could you imagine Ryan Giggs on the left, Beckham on the right? Jesus. It's awful. <laughs> that would be a 98 World Cup. That I think they would, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We, we can never know anyway. Yeah, we'll never know. By the way, been a good episode. Yep, yep. Get to the end. So that's the wrap up of episode 49. Come back next week. Have another listen. Get involved on my Twitter, MK underscore BNA podcast. Just get a few things out there. So, yeah, give us a follow. 
We'll be coming back soon with uh, new fantasy football for the new uh, season coming up. Yeah, might have two. One for bants and then maybe one a money league. Small yeah. money league, either five or ten pound buying. That's it. Winner takes all, simple. But yeah, uh, on that note, I'm MK. BNF, Ben No Filter. And we out.